Hi, everyone. Welcome to the premier broadcast of Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM, WCWP, and WCWP.org. Chamber Chatter is a monthly roundtable discussion with today's Long Island business leaders. Hi, everyone. My name is Mark Snyder. I'm your host for this new monthly program on WCWP. Full disclosure, I am an alumnus of LIU Post when it was CW Post, and I'm also an alumnus of this radio station. So let me introduce my three guests. Straight across from me, Francesca Carlo, president of the Nassau Council of Chambers of Commerce. Francesca was also past president of the Plainview Old Beth Page Chamber of Commerce. A little bit about Francesca. Francesca and her husband, Bruce, owned and operated Trio Hardware in Plainview and recently helped uh, move the 55-year-old business to a bigger and better location just a mile down the road in the new Country Point Shops on Old Country Road. As the company's chief financial officer, uh, Francesca is proud to work with two former employees who now own Trio Hardware and who Francesca believes exemplify the next generation of retailers on Long Island. And you can check out Trio Hardware at triohardware.com. That's T-R-I-O, hardware.com. Immediately to my left, Chris Atchison, president of the Rockville Center Chamber of Commerce. Um, a th Rockville Center, a thriving South Shore community. We'll talk more about that. Uh, Chris is a financial planner. He's the owner of the Atchison Group. And the Atchison Group specializes in employee benefits, retirement and Medicare plans, investment management, and life and, and uh, disability insurance. They help businesses and executives plan for their future by helping them make smart financial decisions about their wealth. And you can visit, for more information, chrisatchison.com. That's A-C-H-E-S-O-N, chrisatchison.com. And a little further to my left, Charo Esdrin, president of the Syosset Woodbury Chamber of Commerce, uh, two communities not too far from the studios here at WCWP in Brookville. Charo is a partner at Esdrin & Woods Law Firm. Esdrin & Woods offers criminal defense for charges of felonies, misdemeanors, and violations. Their team has extensive family and matrimonial experience, and they are also seasoned general practitioners, so no matter what your legal concern is, someone in the practice can help you. And you can learn more about them by visiting esdrinwoods.com. That's E-Z-D-R-I-N, esdrinwoods.com. Francesca, Chris, and Charo, welcome to the very first broadcast of Chamber Chatter on WCWP Radio. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you for joining me. So, Francesca, I'm going to start with you. Sure. As the president of the Nassau Council of Chambers of Commerce, how do you define the role of a chamber of commerce? The role of the chamber uh, uh, traditionally has been a unifying voice for local businesses in towns. Because Nassau County is so crowded, there are a uh, just in Nassau County, there are between 40 and 50 individual chambers. Um, each community, just as uh, the Rockville Center Chamber and Syosset Chamber, they change. So there's such a difference in them. Uh, it's hard to categorize a general description, but we're a unifying voice for the business community, which has been an integral part of of um, galvanizing communities together for uh, 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 um a variety of different causes um, and business concerns. It's also a wonderful networking 
uh, opportunity now. Really, I like to think that the council, uh, the chambers, the, the chambers themselves are were in existence way before any of the BNIs or any of the other groups. It was a way for all of the local businesses to merge together and start doing business, business to business. I think it's a very old term. I think Chambers of Commerce goes back to the 1600s, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. You're the president of the Nassau Council of Chambers. For those listening who don't know what Mm. the council, the role the council serves, tell the listeners the purpose of the Nassau Council of Chambers. Well, we really are the umbrella organization for, as I mentioned, all the different chambers. Um, We are about 10,000 small businesses strong. Uh, It's very difficult for a person who is running their business to be uh, informed on all of the local, town, state, and federal issues that face small businesses all the time. So we have a wonderful board of directors of 15 people, um, and each one has a, a specialty. Um, our, our major concern now has been with downtown revitalizations throughout Nassau County uh, to try to keep the shopping local not necessarily just in the towns, but in Nassau County, because we are facing difficult times now with internet shopping, with box stores. Uh, we all have a, uh, at, like Rockville Center, Syosset, Plainview, Manhasset. I was just in Manhasset. It has a flavor. Let's keep that flavor here on Long Island. We are the business people who support with uh, collecting and paying the sales tax never mind the property tax that so many of the companies own property in Nassau County. There, We are a vital, vital role in Nassau County. We do see a big movement um, away from the malls and into the downtowns, which is wonderful. I have a 25-year-old daughter. Uh, I live in Massapequa who loves to jump on the train with her friends and go into Rockville Center or go into Babylon Village, or Absolutely. out to Patchog. Um, it's great to see that. However, what's taken away some of that punch is the internet, uh, the shopping online, which I think maybe takes a little bit of what could be a big boon for the local business communities uh, away from that. But And we don't want to see the malls die, but we absolutely see towns like Rockville Center and Bayshore and Farmingdale um, really enjoying a wonderful renaissance right now. Um, Chris, uh, you are in your final days as president of the Chamber of Commerce. Congratulations on a a great year. I had a chance to work with you this year a little bit. Um, What has your year been like for you with the Chamber of Commerce? It's been an interesting one. But first, I just want to follow up on one of your points, uh, Francesca, the the definition of the Chamber. It's really... um, to me, the, the underlying current is the, the Internet. It's, it's taking away these, these major uh, companies, publicly traded companies are coming in and they're taking a lot of business away from the local community. So um, I feel that the Chamber's responsibility is to maintain the downtown areas of any town that we're in. And um, that's the main focus. That is the underlying drive behind all the programs that we've put in in place at Rockville Center. So although this year was my presidency, um, it really goes back to when I became a board of director five years ago. Um, we weren't you know, as successful as we are today. And I don't think we're go- we are as successful as we're going to be five years from now. I think we have this, um, we have, we have to get better. We, all of us as chambers of commerce have to do better. Otherwise, these, these 
big box stores or big internet stores are really going to drive a lot of your downtown businesses out of business. You know, you're going to see your retailers turn into more service-oriented businesses. Not that I have anything against, you know, restaurants and hair salons and, and um, you know, massage places and stuff like that, but that's going to be the predominant downtown area if you get rid of a lot of your retail stores. And that's who we're trying to keep, in, in, in especially in Rockville Center. And you do have a number of those very... Um let me use a $5 word here. Some of those idiosyncratic stores are very unique yeah. shops, right. which is great to see. You don't see that in a lot of the communities anymore. Yeah, like I miss the old school like record stores and stuff right. like that, you know, all that. So, so times are changing. So, so for me, the, the, the passion behind, you know, helping the business owners in my town, because I live in Rockville Center. That's, how, that's why I got a part of it is to build relationships with a lot of these businesses, is to make sure that they stay in business 10, 15, so my kids can see them all the way through, um, you know, and shop at these stores and build. I love going into stores and being able to say, you know, to the business owner, hey, how's it going? How's the family? And I know them, for, you know, by first name. And I also buy their products and services from them. So, um, it's been a five-year process where we were not so, we weren't in great, um, it, uh, it was standing on, on, on a good foundation five years ago, but we had to revamp everything. So uh, this year has been kind of the, uh, you know, basically it's, it's been fantastic because I've seen a lot of these programs come to fruition. And, yeah, we get up to the plate and we swing and we, we do our best. And sometimes the programs that we put together, um, you know, we, we strike out. Sometimes we hit little ground balls, little dribblers. Sometimes we hit home runs and sometimes we hit base hits. But we're, we're getting up to the plate and we're not going to not try something new. We're always going to go forward with a new. Every year, I want this chamber to continue rolling out more and more programs and building on the existing ones that we have. So we have a bunch of things going on. Uh, I was very impressed attending a number of, of your meetings. Um, the amount of initiatives that the Rockville Center Chamber has, um, you would get up and speak and literally rattle off a half a dozen ideas um, that you were working on. Um, we talked before we uh you know started the uh share the broadcast today about a program you're doing with the PTA. Yeah. Uh can you just touch on that a little bit? Yes. Yeah, so Charo, you might find this very interesting. So this is one that, that <laughs> this is one that that we got up to the plate, we swung and we missed. We absolutely missed on this one. Um the first first go. So what what I did is I you know because I live in town, we I, I got to know the the local uh PTA president of the um, elementary school that my kids go to. Um and we started talking and the first thing I said is I think the chamber can really benefit the PTA. And so it started from there. But I said the only way this is going to work is if the PTA becomes a chamber member. So they have to be a paid member. So the first thing they did is uh, with, with a lot of resistance in the beginning, they paid their membership dues, just like any other business in town, because the PTA is a actual, it's a nonprofit, but it is a business. And they go to your meetings. I've, they I've seen them. They go. Now they do. It's um, excellent. So... That was the first thing. So the second is, um, for the membership, then I wanted to figure out ways that we as a business business community can, um, you know, have a positive influence on the PTA, but the PTA membership have a positive influence on the business. So the first thing that we did is um, they have a, uh, like a fair every single year, and they raise a lot of money, they get donations, they get baskets and stuff like that. So Right out, right out of the gate, they paid the $300 membership fee for the Chamber of Commerce, and we had about seven or eight Chamber members decide to sponsor that fair. 
immediately they receive four thousand dollars from mm-hmm. the chamber community just so for being members like within a week mm-hmm. so the, the rate of return on that you're you're the financial guy the rate of return is huge on that, mm-hmm. you know so right right there they start they were like they were happy with that now the next piece of it was i wanted to create um sh- a shopping day a shopping program in town so what we did is we created uh, a specific day that if the Hewitt PTA membership were to go to select stores, stores that wanted to participate, we had about 15 or 20 of them that wanted to participate. Um, if they shopped at that store on that particular day, then 10% of all the proceeds or 10% of all the purchases would go back to that PTA. Um, it didn't, it, it, it was well received. The timing of it was we did it on Tuesday before Thanksgiving. It was, it was not the greatest day. And after looking at it and analyzing it a little more, I don't think um, just having one day is appropriate because people got a lot of stuff going on in the world and just to block off one day would be hard. So next year, we're thinking about doing it on a weekly basis. And what we, you know, we talked about a little bit before the show, um, there's four quarters in a year. We were thinking about blocking off one week per quarter and picking out a specific nonprofit or specific, you know, whether it be the PTA or so forth. And during those five days, let's say Monday through Friday, the retailer would keep track of all the sales made by those members. And then at the end of the week, donate 10% back to that local charity or the, the PTA. And instead of working with one PTA the in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be reaching out to all of the PTAs. The PTA council. And just say... Yeah. You know, it's going to be PTA week in Rockville Center. It's this week. It is not one of those spring breaks or Easter break weeks. It's going to be a week that everybody is, you know, working and, and, and available. Have it five days. We, you know, there, there's debate whether we want the weekend or we want it just during the week. We're going to figure that all out. But now I have the PTA. And so all I have to do is now create one flyer. But on the top of the flyer, it has a different PTA. So if a parent comes in and it, one says Hewitt PTA and the other one says Covert PTA, the retailer just needs to have a running tab of, okay, you're coming in for this PTA. Okay, we, you, you spent $100. Okay, $10 is going to it. And then just keep track of that. And at the end of the week, the business would... So the business gets some sales out of it. And they're making a tax-deductible donation back to the organizations. Well, and the PTAs can be very influential when it comes to encouraging um, the students and actually their parents to go out and shop locally. Well, a lot of the PTAs, from my understanding, 75-80% of them are really not operating on a good financial budget. They're lacking funds. And so there's only a small handful of them in, in these school districts that are really doing very well, raising a lot of money for their schools, for their, for their, their kids and so forth. So they need it. And, and as you guys know, the business owners need it as well. They're looking for marketing programs. So mm-hmm. um, Great. I like it. Um, Charo. Yes. Hello. Hello, Charo. Um, you took on the role as president of the Syosset Woodbury Chamber of Commerce at a time when the chamber was really lacking leadership. How did that come about for you? Because you're relatively new, and you kind of scaled the uh, the ladder very quickly to the top. Well, yes, I did. Um, what happened was in May 2016, I moved into Syosset. I moved my or- my office into Syosset, and after being there a couple of months, and I immediately when I moved in, my first my first thought was, let me call the local Chamber of Commerce so people will know who I am. Um, I can be introduced to the community. 
Um, I was a law firm, and I really did not know much of the community. I, my office was based in Mineola prior. And I called. I went to the website. The, the website was not updated. Um, I did not receive any phone calls back. I kept trying, and I kept trying. And finally, probably towards the end of the summer, I did get a phone call back. They told me when their first meeting was. And we, my whole office, we immediately went. It was four of us at the time. Now we're about 10. And they were great. They were wonderful, a bit disorganized. Again, the web, there was a street fair that was happening that month in September. Um, there was no organization. And immediately I gave my experience and I got involved and they asked me to be on the board. And when I went to my first board meeting, nobody was there. So they asked you to be president. <laughs> well, it wasn't that simple. What happened was a couple of weeks later, our president of the chamber sent out an email saying she needed to resign. And there was dead silence. And I was on the thread because I was now being considered for the board. So at this point, I put an email out there and I said, hello, everyone. I will act as acting president in the interim until you find one. Well, that woke everybody up. And like I said, the board members are terrific. Um, at least half of them have been there for, for almost 20 years. And immediately they needed to get their nominating committee together. And they went, you know, through the motions. And next thing you know, I was being sworn in. Great story. We're going <laughs> to pick up on that in a second. But when we come back, we're going to take a closer look at two large development projects in Nassau County, one underway and one that has been debated for over 35 years. You're listening to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. Welcome back to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM, WCWP and WCWP.org. Chamber Chatter is a monthly roundtable discussion with today's Long Island business leaders. I'm your host, Mark Snyder. My guest today, Francesca Carlo, president of the Nassau Council of Chambers of Commerce, Charo Esdrin, president of the Syosset Woodbury Chamber of Commerce, and Chris Atchison, president of the Rockville Center Chamber of Commerce. Charo, I just want to finish up with you. Um, you talked about how you very quickly rose to the president of the Syosset Woodbury Chamber. I will say that work gravitates to the most competent. Uh, I've well, heard nothing you. but wonderful things about you and your role. I've watched you in action, and you're very good at what you do. Thank you. Uh, how has your year been? You're welcome, by the way. We've, how has your year been? We've had an incredible year. Um, to follow up on what Chris said, um, we also got the schools very much involved. Actually, the schools came to us. Um, the superintendent of the Syosset School District has attended at least two to three of our meetings, um, got involved. They joined our chamber, the district itself. Um, I also found within the year, we just had a very successful 20-year anniversary gala, um, very well attended. We've always involved, and they're very supportive, all the local elected officials. They come to each and every grand opening, ribbon cutting that we have. They are always the first in line to give the businesses a citation. And we also had a successful street fair. We just are working on a couple of more networking events that we try to do at least once a month. We really woke up the community these last couple of years. Uh, 
my biggest saying, as Francesca said, is shop local. It's very important for the communities to shop local. So many people don't even know what new businesses are coming in the area. So I feel it's the chamber's job to let the community know, hey, this is your new business. This is what they offer. We, we do that by encouraging businesses who are fairly new um, to do a year, you know, a one year or two year ribbon cutting anniversary or a grand opening ribbon cutting anniversary. We're very close and we stay well connected with the local newspapers, the Sayasa, the Sayasa Journal, the Patch, the Advance, all those papers, they come to our ribbon cuttings and our events. They take pictures. Social media became very important. And I think that is a big um, attribute to why we have grown so much. Um, social media, we are on Facebook, um, not so much Twitter. I'm trying to get more involved. Since I became president, I hired an administrator who does all the work. And, you know, it's we have an up-to-date website, very easy, accessible. So I find all that helps um, our membership grow. When I became the president, we had 30 members. Now we're in the mid-300s. That's remarkable. It is remarkable. We're a very sustainable um, chamber at this point, and I hope to keep it that way. And I have one more year. wasn't supposed to, but well, listen, you're doing a great job to stay on. So I'm sure people are intimidated to fill your shoes. And you've got a lot of energy, and you can see the results are there. The results are there, and like I said, I couldn't do this without my board. Um, The board is just incredible. but there's uh, nothing like being the president because the bottom line is when you're the president, you have to be the instigator and, the you know, the uh, a cheerleader. Really, it's a cheerleader saying we can do it. And so bravo to you, Charles. Thank That's you. That's really wonderful. It starts it, at the top. It I, does. It does. And it always, you know, nobody wants to st- say, yes, I'll be the president. You might have board members that have been there for 20 years, but they, they know, they do know that once you do become president, it's your they'll follow you, but you have to take a lead. You must be uh, aggressive and be a leader. Thank you for that. Um, we just, we just last weekend, we had a holiday spectacular um, event where they've been doing this for 20 years now. Frank Urso, one of our board members who's been there for 20 years, he does an annual holiday spectacular, and we get the whole community involved. All the children from the Syosset and Woodbury School Districts, they all come and perform. The parents come. The whole family gets involved. We had about 500 people who showed up to this event. I I mean, the outpour from the community, you know, it just, and it brings our chamber alive. It, It brings the community alive. It brings the elected officials together. It just brings everyone together, and this way they know we're there. And it, it, it just works. Congratulations. You thank you. really, really made a difference. And thank you. And I think uh, even better days are ahead. The biggest issue the Syosset Woodbury Chamber will have is replacing you. Oh. Because you can see how chambers ebb and flow depending on who is at the top. So whoever succeeds you, it's going to be an important peck for you. Yes, and, and I will be right there besides them. Right. I, if, if, you, if I just want to say one thing, I'm, I'm, I don't live in Syosset. Um, as Chris has said, he lived in Rockville Center. But I can tell you from the day that I I opened my business in the Syosa Woodbury community, and the reason I do this is because I fell in love with the community. And my future 
may be to live in that community. But for now, you know, just being there on a day, I'm in my business more than I am at home anyway. <laughs> but, you know, I love the community. It's such a great community. Yeah. Interesting between Chower and Chris, because Chris, you don't work in Rockville Center. You live in Rockville Center. Right. Charo, you work in Syosset, but you don't live there. Chris, did that put you at an advantage or a disadvantage to not have a business in the community but to be a resident? Uh, as far as running the chamber, it was a little bit of a disadvantage because I, I cannot attend all the ribbon cuttings and, and be that kind of public figure. So we always had somebody else on my behalf to go there just because I live I, I work right up here down the road on Northern Boulevard and, and here in Roslyn. So um, for me to get down for, to some of those things. But, you know, I made every effort to make sure that, you know, Anything else besides like ribbon cuttings and stuff like that, I was always a part of. So I think it's a little bit of a disadvantage if you're not, you know, at least live nearby where you're. uh, I often wonder, though, Francesca, if that's a kind of a neat perspective to you're not a retailer or a business in the community. So you can almost step back and see how, you know, well, how do you view this town as a resident? You know, where do you see the needs of the community? Um, So. I understand your position, but I also think it may have benefited may have benefited you as well. Yeah, because also I'm I'm kind of connected with a lot of the families in town right. because my kids. So it, it, I can I can see their perspective. And a lot of times, if we are at a at a, at a function where where our friends are there, I'll I'll kick some ideas around with them. You know, even just like walking the kids um, on Halloween. You know, we're with a couple friends, and I'm like, "What do you think about this? What do you think about that?" And then I find out that this person's opening up a, a business in town, and this person, I you know, invite them, I tell them all the programs, and it, and it has worked out pretty nicely because a lot of people who uh, live in town, they, a, a fair number of them are either self-employed or they manage companies or um, they, uh, their companies are domiciled in town. And Rockville Center Chambers is, is, is somewhat unique on, on the island in that we only allow for our members um, either a business that's domiciled in town or somebody that lives in town. We don't allow a lot of outsiders, if any, um, into the That the is unique, companies. by the way. I, there's a handful of them in Nassau County that are closed Chambers. Yes. I know that uh, Wantaw is closed. Seaford is closed. Rockville Center. There may be one or two others. I think I had uh, a, a wonderful experience because as my children were growing up, I did have a retail store right in the heart of Plainview. Unlike Syosset and Rockville Center, Plainview Old Beth Page has no downtown. We have shopping centers. Lots and lots of shopping centers. But I did become very active in the PTA. So I would attend the meetings there and always speak up as a local retailer. And then I was president for the chamber for seven years and experienced that nobody wanted to step up until we really built it up and it was successful. Uh, and then they've had wonderful presidents ever since. You have, yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, so I, I like to say one thing. One of the strongest groups, and I'm sure... My colleagues here will agree. Um, in, is on Facebook. The mom yes. groups, yes, and that the, has taken the mom and dad groups. Mm-hmm. I know in in my area, the Syosset moms, very powerful group, great group of women. Can they make or break a business? Uh, they yes. can make and break anything. Yes, yes. They're, they're they're a tough group. Um, there was some issues we had with parking that. Um, they, you know, they never coordinated with the chamber. I didn't know their issues, and when the beep hit the fan, I was able to coordinate with them and let them know, hey, the chamber's here. We're on your side. We're not, look, we're not against you because we were working in different directions and not even knowing it. So, you know, I I had to bring what was an adversarial situation into something that we can be more amicable and work together. And we did. 
In our next segment, we're going to talk about parking issues. So maybe we can delve into that a little bit deeper. Getting back to large development projects. Um, Francesca, Mm -hmm. Country Point Plainview. Still under construction. Yes. We'll get into retail in a second. A 143-acre property on Old Country Road and Round Swamp Road. Uh, built on a former site of abandoned, crumbling, decaying old buildings formerly owned by Charles Wang. Rest in peace. It's pri- prim- uh, primarily for 55 and over adults. Uh, it's being transformed into 750 homes with a 29,000 square foot clubhouse, a 118,000 square foot retail plaza that includes Trio Hardware, who's presently moved in, and a 71,000 square foot ShopRite supermarket. Both are open now. 57 acres have been dedicated to the town of Oyster Bay for public recreation, mostly soccer fields, but they also have a two-mile walking trail that connects to Trailview State Park. Was there pushback on this project? Was there concern? Yeah, Charles Wong bought the property back when Galata. He bought it from Nassau County when Galata was the county executive. And there was now, how more... long ago was that? Is that early 90s? Yeah, uh, it's been... It's been over 20 years that it kind of sat vacant. Uh, There was a moratorium on it, and then several developers wanted to come in and develop it. Uh, But there was incredible pushback because uh, Charles Wong actually wanted to build a hotel, and it was even going to be more cars. Uh, I think it kind of um, the—something had to be done. And I think that the community is— happy with how it has developed. Uh, We are a community of shopping centers. That being said, the parking in Morton Village was just atrocious and so small that the ShopRite needed to move. That was really an impetus for uh, the development of the retail site down there. Morton Village further west, closer to the Seaford Oyster Bay Expressway, right? Yes. On Old Country Road. Okay. Which is an older um, uh, shopping center. Uh, now it's a brand new shopping center down there, right on Old Country Road. And there was a need for more housing. For more, for uh, these are all condos; they're not rentals. I do feel that there has to be some rentals. We have a very large aging community. I'm sure on the South Shore as well, but on the North Shore, and people are selling their houses, which means that younger families are coming in, which is good for business, uh, but people don't want to leave and just move down to Florida. They want to have a, a, a home here as well. Uh, they're beautiful homes. It's the Beachwood organization, and they build a beautiful product, all two-bedroom, but they have apart- apartment-type buildings, villas, and then um, standalone houses as well. 750, I'm sure everybody would rather have less, but they're not building them all at once. They build them, uh, fill them, and then build the next segment of them. So it's not like all of the uh, cars are on the road at one time. There was the original proposal was going to be two office buildings, big mammoth office buildings like 110. The truth is 110 had a, has still quite a considerable amount of inventory of just big buildings. And then you have the traffic that comes and goes just at office hour times. Uh, the Rexon buildings, are RXR buildings are right around the corner. We really didn't need that either. But I think the community is happy with the, uh, with the development of it. Did the chamber support the project? Yes, we did. 
At the very least, we wanted to educate because the truth is with the mom groups, the mom and dads, uh, they're not – many of them don't know the entire picture. Don't they hear a rumor and then it goes viral on Facebook and hmm. gets spread around. Uh, so it's always good to have another voice. I mean not everybody is uh, – a. And many of the mom groups aren't even involved with PTA. They're just mom groups. They don't even know who they're speaking to because it's viral. Can I ask you a question? Is there um, someone who actually runs the mom group, who runs that page? There are administrators. In each town, there's yeah. an administrator in each town. What about, just throwing it out there, what about getting one of the administrators involved with the chamber? Have them come to the meeting. This way they can report back and say, okay, here's what's really going on. Let's forget about the rumors that are spreading like wildfire on this Facebook page or right. Instagram. Well, we, we certainly have. I know yeah. many, many um, chambers have reached out to them. Uh, in Plainview Old Beth Page, the Memorial Day Parade, uh, we got so much criticism over cars and this and that that we have no control over. And they were blaming the chamber. And really, the chamber is just a segment of the Memorial Day Parade. Uh, but it's, it's difficult to have them agree to come to anything for whatever reason, but I, I would strongly urge everybody from um, the groups to join chambers, or every chamber will welcome you. You don't have to even become a member. We'd encourage it because uh, it's another segment of your town, uh, right. but they would welcome you with open arms to come and participate and understand how the chamber works. Thank you. Charo, the Cyril Wire property in Syosset. Yes. For those listening, yeah, that's a 38-acre site. It's along the North Service Road of the LIE and Robbins Lane. It abuts the Syosset landfill. It's been a battleground for conflicting environmental, economic, and political interests in, in the town of Oyster Bay for more than 35 years. Uh, it was a rod mill for the Cyril Wire and Cable Corporation, which I did not know until I did a little research. It produced waste when while Cyril made its wire, it produced waste dumping 700 to 1,100 tons a year of industrial sludge into the landfill between 1950 and 1975, and that's according to records uh, provided by the Federal Environmental Protection Agency. For years, there was talk of a proposed mall, which received tremendous pushback uh, from the local <coughs> residents and also pushback from the town of Oyster Bay. Presently, there's a proposal called Syosset Park, a mixed-use development. It includes housing, retail, two hotels, a theater, a 30-acre park with ball fields and a jogging path. Um, what's the latest on this property? Well, you're correct. It, it's become a very, very contentious issue within the Syosset, Woodbury, even local Jericho community. Um, and our chamber, although our members um, within their own local businesses, and a lot of them do live in Syosset, take their own position on it. We were at a point on, because there was so many nays and yays for this project, we decided as a board, um, the chamber decided that we were not taking a position um, of how we um, felt or, or support or not support this project. Uh, we are ordered by some very um, strong members of the community to attend the, the, local, the local meetings. So it was important for us not to take a position at this time. Chara, we're going to come back to that. 
And when we come back, parking problems and the future of Long Island retail. You're listening to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. Welcome back to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM, WCWP, and WCWP.org. My name is Mark Snyder. What is Chamber Chatter? It's a monthly roundtable discussion with today's Long Island business leaders. We have three of them in the room with us. Francesco Charlo, president of the Nassau Council of Chambers of Commerce. Chris Atchison, president of the Rockville Center Chamber of Commerce. And Charo Esdrin, president of the Syosset Woodbury Chamber of Commerce. So, Charo, we were talking about the Ciro Wire property and the proposal for the Syosset Park. You mentioned that the chamber is not taking a position on that. Understood. Do you know where they are as far as getting that park, a Syosset Park approved? Because I went online and looked at it. It looks gorgeous. I believe they're still waiting for reports to come in. Um, the town of Oyster Bay and, um, as you mentioned before, the, envir- the environmental testing, um, nothing's been conclusive or has been finalized as far as the reports go. So right now, until those reports surface or they have some conclusion um, to, to point at, I, I don't think we're going anywhere. It's been 35 years. And I wonder, is that site still, is it still a Superfund site or have they cleaned it up? Like, is it, is it once they get the plans approved, are they ready to build or do they then have to go remediate and clean up all the soil? Any, I, I think a lot of it has been remediated, but I was at both of the community meeting, large forums that they had at the high school. And, uh, you know, the, the information bats back and forth. The town of Oyster Bay did hold the meetings, but a lot of residents feel that there is still remediation to be done. But nobody wants to do it until there's a, a, a pathway toward doing it. Uh, they did. They do have to address and have, I think one of the points was to have outside um, professionals come in and Consultants examine. Consultants. Exactly. Kind of yeah. All right. So, well, if you're interested in checking it out, go to syosetpark.com. Right. It, the proposal's gorgeous. Uh, it, it certainly is, yeah, but again, a, it's a very hot topic. Yeah. Okay. So you're going to stay away from that I'm one. Staying away from it. Right you're now. neutral, like Switzerland. <laughs> okay, Chris. Let's yes, talk sir. about Rockville Center for a second and parking issues. What issues? Rockville Center. For those of you who've never been there, it's a thriving business community. Unfortunately, you're a victim of your own success. Mm-hmm. Um, very difficult to find parking. Not during the day, but uh, after work, very difficult. And when you do, the parking is expensive. It's one of the most expensive metered parking towns that I've seen. It's 25 cents for 20 minutes. By comparison, uh, Babylon Village is an hour for 25 cents. Um, what is it in Syosset? Do you know? You probably don't. Pay. We don't. We they took they took away all the meters, especially in by the Long Island Railroad, um, and they put two-hour parking signs. Right. Don't they have meters on Jackson Avenue? No. No. There are no, no there are no meters in no Syosset? meters no no we I don't have like meters I was but, feeding a meter the but time. we we have no parking either so <laughs> right we're gonna, I'm, I'm, we're gonna get to that in a second um, but getting back to you Chris what uh, if anything uh, can be done what has the chamber been doing to improve the parking situation because you can't you can't keep you cannot continue your success if people can't they're going to get frustrated, so and they're going to go to the next town. So the root behind the lack of parking doesn't lie in customers. It lies in the actual employees. 
What I mean by that is as many retail stores transitioned over to restaurants and bars, which we have a whole host of them, over 30 of them in our town, many of those businesses employ a significant number of college age, high school age, you know, young adult age um, employees. These employees never park where they're supposed to park. They're supposed to park in allotted lots in throughout town, but yet they will park in front of their business that they're working. They'll find a parking spot right in front of the restaurant that they're working at, and then every 20 minutes, every hour, feed the meter. They'll go out and they'll spend three, four, five, ten bucks a night paying for it. So the parking issue is really the own business's fault. So and then because you have a lot of transient employees, so you may have somebody work for a season, you know, giving that employee a parking pass, a sticker to put on the car won't work because you'd have to remove it and get the next person and then the next person. So when one bartender leaves, another bartender comes in. So a lot of the parking is is created. It's our own problem. Um, so the town is a self-inflicted wound. Self-inflicted what you're wound. Saying. The, the other issue is, I mean, one time, I mean, um, Mayor Murray tells the story. One time, he pulls up to have dinner at a restaurant, and there's uh, there's cones on the street in public parking spots. So he pulls his car up, gets out of his car, removes one of the cones, and pulls the car into the parking lot, only for a valet guy to come over and say, "Hey, you can't park here. You can't park here." And he he responds back, "Do you do you understand who I am?" And, and not to say, hey, this, I'm this person, but do you understand the rules of the town, son? You know, one of those kind of things. This is public parking, and you can't block this off. That's illegal. So um, it's it's really I, – I I kind of put not, – not the blame only on those types of businesses, but those are the businesses that are really creating a lot of the parking issues uh, in town. So Also, service businesses like doctors and dentists – who um, are also taking retail spots that used to be retail uh, stores where somebody could go in, buy something, and get back. Maybe they would take an hour to look around, but it was more of a sale. Now you're going in for a cleaning or getting your nails done, and these are hours, hours, Mm -hmm. and they have so many employees. And uh, uh, not 24 hours, but they go into the night. There's just the receptionists and the... There's no turnover of the right. parking spots, and that's the biggest thing. It's, it's how do you create a system? In every town, how yeah. do you create a yeah. system? And you could have a designated parking lot over, you know, it could be 100 yards away, but if it's raining or if it's cold or even if it's a beautiful 80-degree day, people have this tendency to want to park right in front of where they're working or where they're they're going to shop or, or so forth. So. But I think the responsibility falls on the business owner to enforce that with the staff and say, don't take those spots because – they're for our customers. You know, that par- spot right in the front, I want a customer to pull up and park there so they can come in here and shop with us. I heard a story um, not long ago that in Rockville Center, true story, you used to have, around the holidays, free day, free parking days. Yep. And what they found out was that all the employees were taking up all the spots and parking for the day. Correct. And yeah. it completely backfired. Great idea. Yeah. But unless the business owners enforce it with their staff, mm-hmm. then the employees are going to park and take all, all of those spots. So the question was, what, do, what has the chamber done? We, last year and even two years ago, uh, a gentleman by the name of Ed Oppenheimer, who was on the, uh, you know, a trustee in town, he presented multiple times a study 
to all the business owners saying, this is what it's costing you. And they broke it down per car, you know, per employee and said, you know, if you have your employees sit there for eight hours in a day, this is what it's costing you in, in actual, you know, money in revenue. And you try to educate these folks. But that's what it, you know, really it comes down to is making sure that the business owners, especially those, those types of businesses. But we also have had stories where a retail store consulted or went over to the restaurant, went over to the manager and said, that em- I've seen that employee feed that meter every single you know, Friday, every single Saturday for the last, and I've confronted that person, you need to do something about it. And they said, no, that's not, we're not, we're not getting involved with this. So, hmm. Charo, um, as the Syosset downtown uh, struggles to keep stores filled, you also have parking issues. Our parking issue stems more with the commuters. Um, right. We have a huge train station. Um, right behind your downtown. Right behind our downtown. So the train, the parking lot, which is a huge lot, I, I can't tell you the square feet, but it holds four to 500 cars. Um, it's, it, it aligns up against a row of stores um, all along Jackson Avenue going into Cold Spring. And... The commuters are, don't have enough spots to get to work in the morning. And we have a lot of young families that came into Syosset. So what was happening was um, as the, we had designated spots, our businesses had about 200 designated spots. And last January, after the holiday, they came back to work January 2nd or 3rd. And all of a sudden, all the two-hour parking signs were ripped down and they all became commuter spots. The, that was covered in Newsday. I read that yes, story. Yes, and it was a it was a huge to do. All of a sudden, all the businesses are calling the chamber. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Long story short, we got back half the spots, but then the commuters were aggravated. They had no. The commuters are really suffering with this. There's no. There's nowhere for them to park, and um, the town has been working with them. There, they were able to get secure some s- spots. Um, along the roadway. Um, but unfortunately, you know, I wish Syosset had a downtown like Rockville Center. You know, I, I want that problem. You could. Where we can walk around. We, we you don't have, have the potential to have that, don't you think? There's no... The, 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 our, such our a cute little down, area. It's such a cute area, yeah. but our downtown has a crossway that is so <laughs> dangerous. You just can't walk the streets. Right. There's no, you know, shopping from store to store. There's no outdoor seating restaurants. We don't have that. In the Woodbury Commons is some beautiful area, and you have it right there yes. contained within the commons. But in the downtown Syosset, a lot of the businesses are suffering because, A, of the parking. There's nowhere to park. And um, there's nowhere just to come off the train and walk around and just shop. And that's that's the problem that we've had. We were granted through um, a beautification a beautification grant, which when I came in as president, it was mentioned to me. We work very closely with residents of Syosset, Laura Schultz. Wonderful, they do wonderful things for Syosset. And she asked me, Charo, I know you know how government works. What can you do? And I immediately contacted the town of Oyster Bay. We set up a huge meeting between Nassau County, town of Oyster Bay, and there was a $1.6 million grant that was going to expire in two months. So we saved it. Um, We were supposed to break ground last May. Hopefully it's by this May we break ground. We're going to beautify the streets, put new pavers in, put new lampposts, 
Um, it's the best that we can yeah, do I right think now. Your downtown has a lot of potential. It's in great need of a redesign, mm-hmm. but it's charming. I love how the you know. Correct. It's there's some fast roads there. It's um it's almost like a uh, I guess a, just a, a pretzel you know yes, twisted there's a triangle. roads that go uh-huh. all different that directions. Feed into but each other. if you gave it a lot of thought, you could have crosswalks. You could have proper um, signage. Uh, maybe even those flashing lights that you know when people are walking. Um, I don't know. I, I like the downtown, but your bigger issue, as you discussed, is you you need more parking for commuters. At the same time, you need more parking for shoppers. So right. you've got a major parking issue. Yes. Your so, issue is not with the commuters. You've got plenty of commuter parking in Rockville Center. You need more for the shoppers. Yeah, uh. but there, was a, there was a proposal a while ago that Long Island Railroad was going to step up and, and help build a, a parking garage. But, you know, the town, I believe the stance that the town uh, made on it was that we want that to be designated to Rockville Center residents. But they said, no, 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 we're not going to only allow Rockville Center residents to, uh, to park here. So that means that, you know, Rockville Center, like that, South Shore Line is a very heavy commuter line, so now you, from, have, you have outsiders coming right, into parking. From up north, right? You know, so there, there's been all these proposals about parking, and I'm a big proponent of yeah, let's 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 build a couple part nice that, looking parking nice. That's the garages. key word: parking garages. Nobody, the residents don't want it, but that would alleviate so oh, much of the congestion if you could only go up even one level, but two levels, and and alleviate some of that problem. Uh, in, uh, that's the difference also in the South Shore. The Rockville Center is a elevated train. Correct, yeah. And in in uh, Syosset, that cro- the walk, uh, the ground uh, level, yeah. The level, level. Yeah. So it backs up the traffic, and mm. people really want to avoid the downtown. Sure. <laughs> and that is millions of dollars. One point, how much million you got? $1.6 million. It, 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 it's it, just a little drop in the bucket. It yeah. is when you're talking about big. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, we have a little bit of time left, and I want to give each of you one minute just to talk about the future and your plans for 2019. Francesca, I want to start with you. What are your wishes for 2019 and the Nassau Council of Chambers of Commerce? Well, my biggest wish is that before you click and buy, you give Shop Local a try. Really, Educating the public, and I'm going to advise everyone and hope that everybody would go to the Nassau Council of Chambers of Commerce website, nccamberes.org, and watch the video. I encourage all the chambers that are a part of the Nassau Council to do that as well, because if you don't, our downtowns are not going to be successful. My last words of wisdom are... Don't let your clicks this holiday season overcome your visits to the bricks. <laughs> Did you come up with that by yourself? No, we Very have we, we have past presidents who have said it. This has been our mission to really keep shopping locally. I say in the downtowns, but I truly mean in Nassau County because we are so congested. You go to Syosset, you come to Plainview. You you can't find everything in in Syosset. Clearly, you go down to Oyster Bay. You go to the cute stores that are in Jericho, the clothing stores, the people who are the brick and mortar and who are the backbone of our economy here in Nassau County. You must support them the way that they support you with all their raffles and etc. Great, thank you, Francesca. Uh, Charo. Um what are your goals for the chamber in 2019? You've mentioned it's going to be your last year. So what would you like to accomplish before you pass the baton? 
Before I pass the baton, I'd like to I'd like to raise membership by another three hundred percent before I leave. It's a big Hold on. it's a Who big has goal. A calculator here? <laughs> How many three hundred percent? And and what my goal is is to bring the residents community together um, so everybody knows how great um, an area that they live in and knows what they have right right in front of their feet. And our restaurants in Syosset, um, people are coming from all over just to visit some, and I'm not going to name them now, some of our local residents because I don't want to leave any out. But, <laughs> but right. I, you know, they come from all over. So like you said, Mark, um, I would like to see a more productive downtown. Um, for, before I leave. Um, if I have to focus on anything this year, it would be on raising money, raising awareness, and getting the ideas of what we can do to have a more productive downtown, beautify and revitalize our downtown area. Great. And Chris, you're uh, winding down. Congratulations on a very successful you. year. You and I had a chance to work together this year. Um, what would you like to see the chamber uh, carry forward uh, some of the initiatives that you started in 2018? Yeah, so I, you know, I'm a big believer in the Shop Local campaign, although um, I like to market it a lot differently than the way Shop Local, uh, you know, the way it, the way I look at Shop Local is, you know, it's, it's the result that you want. You want people to walk into your bricks and mortar. So if the chamber can provide multiple programs to allow and get people in, into more businesses and businesses in front of more people than those two things, then, then we'll, we'll be successful. So uh, to me, Shop Local is the result, but the means to the ends is really creating enough programs to allow people to actually walk into your stores. I can't make them buy the products once they come in, but if I can get them into your storefront, um, I'll let you do all the work from there. So uh, more, more programs and more events sponsored by the Chamber. Thank you, Chris. I want to thank my guest today, Francesca Carlo, president of the Nassau Council of Chambers of Commerce. Chris Atchison, president of the Rockville Center Chamber. Good luck to you. Thank you. And Charo Esdrin, president of the Syosset Woodbury Chamber of Commerce. Good luck in 2019. Thank you, Mark. You've been listening to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM, WCWP and WCWP.org. You can also listen to the program as a podcast by visiting wcwp.org. My name is Mark Snyder. Thanks for listening.